0: everyone. I'm Taylor from taylorpangman.com and I help mamas create empowered, joy-filled lives so they can show up for motherhood, their careers, and themselves with more confidence, happiness, and fulfillment. Today's episode is a personal share where I talk about what it's been like living in our 700 square foot home and why despite quarantine and wildfires and living without AC during heat waves, We've continued to choose our small space in San Francisco over a bigger home outside of the city. It's a topic that comes up all the time with family and friends. And, of course, especially during COVID, you know, Stephen and I have had to ask ourselves over and over again, why stay? I'm curious if any other mamas listening in, if you also live in a big city, if you've had similar thoughts or conversations, maybe with your partner or friends. And, you know, what makes you stay? or what makes you leave? You know, a city can feel different after you have a kid, That that's for sure. And uh, then especially now with how the world's shifting and, and changed over the last few months. So I'm curious how how everything may have shifted your perspective. I guess I'm still trying to figure out my own thoughts through all of this. <laughs> so yeah, after you listen to this week's episode, um, send me a DM on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to to know your thoughts. All right, let's dive in. I can't believe I've done 21 episodes already. That's crazy. And this is my first episode back in San Francisco after the the last two months in uh, Wisconsin. Or I guess last week's technically was, but um, I had recorded that earlier with, with a guest. And uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a big change coming back in some ways. In some ways it hasn't, but yeah, I guess we were expecting that. We were expecting to feel, you know, some shifts. It was an adjustment for sure. And the one thing I was the most worried about was um, that our place was going to feel suffocatingly small after being in such a bigger house in the Burbs for so long um but instead you know, it actually felt kind of cozy and sweet and and kind of like how coming home feels which is good cuz this is our home so i'm glad it felt like that and you know we knew we'd be coming back to some haze and smoke in the air but we weren't prepared for the heat wave that's been creeping in the last the last week um or for the apocalyptic looking orange sky earlier this week that was so weird that was scary and a fun fact about that, a friend of mine sent me this article that I thought was really interesting. Um, despite how scary the sky and air looked, um, the air quality actually wasn't that bad compared to other days. And the reason for that is because there was just, there's so much smoke, so much haze, but it was so high in the sky because we had these really powerfully strong winds coming through. And so it almost like the winds almost created a barrier between us and the sky or us and the haze. Um, So really, it actually wasn't that bad. I think it was like an index of 80 all day. And then, you know, the next day when the, when the winds died down, that's when I think all the smoke and haze kind of dropped down and the index was like 175, 180, which for those who aren't very familiar with the index, I wasn't until I moved to San Francisco. You, you really want like an index of 50 or below for it to be good air (laughs) so yeah it was a it was pretty bad for a couple days after but yeah so the orange sky it wasn't the air wasn't as bad but it definitely you know by the looks of it wasn't inviting you outside that's for sure it kind of felt like how early in quarantine everybody um, everybody was like seriously locked down like scared to leave or touch or see anybody that's Kind of how it felt a little bit, You're just super locked down. But um, yeah, for the past few years, it usually gets like this, I've noticed since we've lived here, um, for about a week or two every year. And um, so it's not too bad, actually, if you think about it, you know, a week or two of like really hot weather. <laughs> but um, when it hits, it's always an uncomfortable few days for everybody in the city because, for the most part, no one here has AC. Um, maybe some of the newer homes have them added, but you know, none of the stores you go into, none of the restaurants, like it's all open air, open breeze. Because for the most part during the year, it's like a perfect temperature to have your windows open all day, every day. So, yeah, and then all the places you'd want to go to cool off, like. In the past, we would try and find some local swimming pools or go to the beach or the park and you can't because they're either closed because of COVID or with the haze in the air, it's just unhealthy to be outside. So I'm realizing as I'm saying this, (laughs) if you're listening, you're like, so why are you living in a shoebox in all of this again? (laughs) Why are you, why are you there? So here are all the things I love about the city. Let me just focus on the positives for a second. I love how beautiful it is here. I love how the hills, how it has the hills and um, how it looks like the city is almost folding and twisting on top of each other. It looks like, it looks otherworldly to me and in some areas kind of European, like a little bit like Cinque Terre in Italy or, um, or like Inception when the building's, are you know, folding on top of each other. So, yeah, I just, I love how unique and different all the homes are. Each one seems to, you know, be a reflection of the the personality of its owner in a way, and I just love the character. And I love the people here, and the laid-back West Coast energy, it just, it slows me down. I love the people and friendships that I've made here, and how deep those friendships go I've just found it I found it easier to connect with people on a heart level here um, more than anywhere else in the country um, that I've lived and with the people I've interacted with also the yogi and wellness enthusiast uh, or the yogini in me and the wellness enthusiast in me loves how many like-minded people (laughs) are in one spot that's pretty cool it's like a yogi's heaven out here and I love the weather uh, which is usually not again very hot and also usually not very cold either Um, at least not like midwest cold and I love the proximity uh, the close proximity to the ocean and the redwood forests for hiking so a lot of nature around here and I love that when you're walking through the city you'll catch like a spontaneous waft of eucalyptus in the air. It just makes me so happy. And I love being walking distance from restaurants and parks. So that's really kinda like that city living, you know, being able to step out your door and walk down the street somewhere. And I love that the city has all the opportunities of a big city with the feel of a smaller city. So those are some of the things I really love about the city and And like most people living in a big city, you know, we were paying an astronomical amount of money in rent, and uh, so we wanted to own. And um, we wanted our money to go towards equity. And truthfully, you know, this small space is really all that we could afford at the time without being too uncomfortably house rich and cash poor. So we figured, let's buy we can make it work in a small space for a few years and let's fix it up some parts of it then you know hopefully we'll make a profit from it because if you would look at like how homes were selling over the years in San Francisco I mean it's like nuts over the five years we've been here now I think it's just insane how that how home values have increased and um and I don't know maybe not even really worth what they what they go for but Anyway, so that that's kind of where we're head, our heads were at, and also I was like super hardcore nesting <laughs> while Blue was still cooking at forty one weeks, and so at that point a year ago we were like looking around and at places we went to a few open homes and and we saw this place and we're like, okay, let's jump on it. Um, yeah. So, anyways, we moved in pretty soon after Blue was born, and it's been a, a really stressful first year <laughs> between moving and and being first-time parents, and COVID, and heat waves, and other wildfires, and at times I have to admit the walls of our small space, they have felt like they are caving in on us, and it's been been—it's been tough. It has been challenging, but we're trying to make the most of it, and you know, since we got back from Wisconsin, I've been putting a lot of energy and focus into getting Blue's Room together. Since we moved in about a year ago, it's like I said, it's, it's mostly been a storage room (laughs) We're a workout room. We're just an extra room for guests and we'll pull down this trundle bed we have in there. Um, but we'll be moving blue into a room soon. So I'm, I'm getting super excited picking out things for her, her new big girl room. And my big thing has been plants. Um, so I, I actually, um, I posted a quick time lapse of our place on Instagram today so you can see the whole space. So maybe check that out and you can picture what I'm talking about as I'm explaining this. But um, yeah, plants. So her room is actually like, I don't think you can actually technically call it a bedroom. It's like what people do in cities because it doesn't actually have a window. But it has kind of like a rail railroad Style, railroad car style I think that's what it's called where you know you kind of like walk through it on your way to the bathroom or some other place so it is it's very open um but no official window so no official skylight or sunlight from a window um but it gets a little bit through the from the living room that kind of trickles in but anyways, plants. So I'm focusing on that because of the air quality, right? And I'm like, well, I want to try and bring some life and some greenery into her room. And so I've been focusing on um, plants that purify the air naturally. So Chinese evergreens and rubber trees and spider plants. So I got a few little ones there that um, I'm going to be putting around. And hopefully they survive and <laughs> hopefully they do their job. So she's got you know more of a, a fresh air vibe in there. But, yeah, I guess being back home, the inspiration behind this episode was, you know, I'm home. I'm here in this space. And I realize that I've talked about our living situation a few times, just kind of briefly mentioned it. Um, Probably not in the most positive ways. But, uh, yeah, I realize I mentioned it a little bit, but I've never really talked about how we're making it work. And I know that there's a lot of other families out there in cities that are either still trying to make it work in cities like us or um, have decided, you know, screw it. (laughs) Why are we doing this again? Maybe their job doesn't hold them in the city anymore with them being remote or something. And, uh, or they're just like, we want more space. We're over this. And I get it. I totally do. Um, yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people listening in who aren't doing that are like, you're insane for actually choosing to do this, especially with a baby. I know. I know I am, but you know, I've lived in cities the last eight ish years. So small living is something that I've not only grown used to, but it's actually been really fun. Um, and yeah, living in a small space with another grown human being and now a tiny growing human being can feel a little crowded some days, but it's also really opened me up to my creativity and and trying to make this space work. I feel like I'm like, learning about interior design, like functional interior design, minimalist internal design. it's fun. And, um, but also it it really does help you or help, help me hone in on my priorities a bit more. You know, for one thing, I love that living in a small space limits the amount of stuff you can accumulate. And, you know, we really only keep and use the things that we really want or really need. So it allows us to be more purposeful in our space. And I love that. Like, for example, we, I'm looking at my bookshelf right now. I have these, these two shelves that, um, are on either side of our TV and fireplace. And we used to have an entire bookshelf full of books. And mm-hmm. since we've, since then we've gone through and, um, now our books only take up like three shelves total. And, most of them, and we could probably do it again, but most of them are books that we loved or they're books that we would want to share with a friend or books that really had an impact on our lives and just bring us joy to to look at or to see on our bookshelf. And also, you know, with a baby, it means I can't go crazy on toys and clothes and things which end up saving you a lot of money in the, in the long run, especially in this first year I found because, um, you know, I'm a first-time parent, so the tendency to want to spoil her with things sometimes can be a little, um, enticing, <laughs> but, um, in this first year, she has gr- physically grown so fast that I, like, I can't even keep up with the clothes that family has gifted us with her sometimes, and, and with the toys, like, I mean, she's got a pretty decent amount of toys even in our small space but she is more interested in our dirty shoes um the plants on the shelves uh our peloton or the trash can you know so it's like she's not even interested in that so i don't even need to worry about a ton of toys yet until she maybe like has a specific interest that i'm trying to encourage uh, and support but anyways so it's encouraged us to to be creative with what we have um even so, like, like I said, with toys, I, like I notice, I just noticed that we can use spaces for multiple things. Like we have this big sliding door window um, from our living room that goes out to our deck. And um, there's like window decals that I could be putting on there that would probably keep her there for hours. Or she recently became interested in magnets and I'm like, oh, I could just get some like kid magnets to put on the freezer at the bottom so she can like play with those while I'm cooking and so you just it, I really like how those like creative inspirations come when you're you know challenged a little bit space-wise and uh it's fun it's really fun and yeah so so I've been working on getting creative in the space but also like then we view the city as an extension of our home as well and I think that's also maybe how we justify the cost of the city too, you know, it's just, I'm not just looking at it as like the price of my home or my back, my immediate backyard. I'm looking at it as like the beach and the redwood forests and the parks and, and all the other offerings in the city that I just love. And I, they're so cool. And, uh, like daily walks blue and I, I mean, like not right now, but Um, usually I will get outside with her at least once a day, at least once we'll go for like a morning walk if we can. And then, um, or playing in the park for a while in between naps. And then we always do a family walk, um, after dinner and before bedtime. So that's, that's been our thing. And, um, being out, like I talked about priorities, being out in nature is a huge priority for all of us, for me and Steven, and I guess blue (laughs) indirectly. And there are just so many options for us here that we we try and take advantage of them like as if it was our backyard, and when we go on walks, you know blue gets to see all these different types of people and dogs and houses and flowers and like all the different foliage here and right now there's um we've been going on this street in San Francisco that I loved walking on daily when I was pregnant with blue, so it's kind of fun. To now do it with her um, but I liked it because it was relatively flat which is rare in San Francisco and I would do that when I was again pregnant with Blue but right now it's blocked off completely for foot traffic so it, there's a lot of extra space for people to go out and ride bikes or walk as families and some people have even decorated their homes on that street so it just makes it like truly like an adventure or an experience especially for the kids and it just brings a smile to your face when you're walking down and there's this one house, um, it has a button that you can push and it starts to play a jingle or a song. And, and there's a string of rainbow lights that light up when you do. And so you'll see families, especially the ones with the young kids who, who walk up and they push the button and then they're all dancing around and then the music stops and the kids like again, again. And, um, you know, sometimes they're there for a while cause they'll walk up and down the street and they're still there. So I'm like, man, how many times have they pushed this button? Um, but it's fun. It, I just think it's so cool that the family who lived there was like, hey, let's just like make a dance party option for families here. So I don't know. That's pretty cool about that. And I, I love that. I love that about about the city, how there is this there is definitely a bigger city feel, but there's also um, these like tight knit communities um, in the neighborhoods that just like that ah, just feel so homey. I love it. Another thing I love, I love about living in a small space is the selectiveness we've had to exercise with bringing new things into our into our space. And in fact, it's forced me to look at stuff differently, too. Like now I'm obsessed with finding things that serve two or more purposes, just to declutter, to have less furniture or, um, yeah, just less things. It's, uh, I've become really into multifunctional design lately, which is cool. And speaking of forcing you to look at things differently, like, whew, man, oh man, does it have a wonderful way of amplifying even the tiniest of arguments or inconveniences? I think that's been one of the hardest things um, to that I'm still working through, even now a year later, where you know a small mess feels like a huge mess, or a small annoyance between Stephen and I it can quickly turn into a full-on battle with us, and then there's just nowhere to go, <laughs> like, nowhere to cool off or get away, like, especially now with the haze and the COVID, it's like, ah, I'm just gonna go in the bathroom to get away, you know, and that's tough, that, that's really, and I don't think that that's, that's not the best thing, sometimes you, you just need some space, and you don't get a lot of that, <laughs> um, so yeah, I can feel a bit claustrophobic in that regard, but, now, as much as I can as much as I can amplify the negative, it has also been a really great exercise in letting go, not only in our relationship and trying to to quickly forgive, but in letting go of stuff literally. We've gone through like countless purges of things to download to downsize um, more and more over the years and i I realize after each one. How much I hold on to that I won't miss, and how how many things I accumulate that just take up space but they don't add value to my life. I think that's been really interesting to to notice. And so, as I think about this small condo <laughs> we're choosing to live in right now, reflecting on this, sometimes I've thought, like I mentioned earlier, um, we are insane. For purchasing such a small space, especially when we've just had a baby and we're increasing our family size. But as I mentioned earlier, living in a small space forces you to be more selective and get you get clear on what's most important to you. And that's also how motherhood has been for me, um, and just becoming a mom. You, know, in some ways, it shrinks your world like either literally <laughs> to a smaller footprint or in early motherhood when you spend all day inside with your baby or like me I was stuck underneath a sleeping baby because it was the only way she would be calm and in other ways you know both can expand your world in ways that you couldn't have foreseen and I've already shared how like Living in a small space, it encourages you to actively engage with the greater world, to be in nature, to seek out experiences, and through that, you meet people, right? And then, like your friend circle, your world opens up more. And in motherhood, I've met other, you know, parent friends that I wouldn't, I would have never met normally. Um, and as Blue continues to grow, her world will naturally expand mine too, or even just, you know, seeing the world through her eyes too, right? Like. Getting to see things I've seen a thousand times and experiencing it with someone who's never seen it before, it lets me see it in a totally fresh perspective. It's, it's kind of like gaining a new sensory perspective to experience the world through, you know, there's sight, hearing, smell, taste, touch, and now motherhood. <laughs> and, and both require me to make sacrifices, too. Then I can either choose to see those sacrifices as negatives, which Lord knows I spent a lot of time in that place early on, or I can view them as opportunities to simplify my life so I can spend more of my resources and on things and experiences and the people that mean the most to me. Hi there. Thanks for listening in. Starting this October, I'll be starting a virtual mamas group called Mindful Mamas. Together, we'll meditate, journal, connect with each other, and reconnect with ourselves, all from the comfort of your bed, your couch, or the only vacant, quiet room or closet in your home. If you're interested in learning more about the group and connecting with a greater community of like-minded mamas, please email me at info at Or you can quickly fill out an application on my website at taylorpingman.com and just click on the Mindful Mamas tab at the top. Thanks again for tuning in. Let's get back to this week's episode. So when I go back to that initial question, why? Why would you choose to live in such a small space, especially during this weird time? You know, I go back through my list of things that are challenging Um, and I go back to the things that I love and honestly, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Sometimes it actually feels like a really tough decision. Like when another challenging thing, you know, gets piled on that list. And during this year, it's been really hard to see things clearly with everything happening. 2020 for me it's it's amplified a lot of things and with any big life stressor like COVID or living in a small space or motherhood it can feel like you're seeing life through a huge magnifying glass and it can be hard to tell what are the big things and what are the small things to you or, or even like where, where your priorities lie and I keep trying to hold on to the things I love about the city and for those reasons, I want to I wanna hold on. It's like I'm holding my breath. I'm just waiting for all the challenges to settle a bit. COVID and the fires. And I'm just waiting for the dust and the smoke to settle so I can finally start to see things more clearly. And there are so many things we love about the city. But we're also aware of how COVID is changing the city life right now. And... Truthfully, I mean, I'm anxious to see how San Francisco looks and feels after things settle. Like, what kind of city will it be? You know, can it survive? But then also, it's like, if I'm holding my breath, how long are we talking about holding our breaths? (laughs) You know, there's a point when the discomfort and the sacrifices, they, they become too much. I don't know. I guess as I'm reflecting on this... And also living in the city for me, I think it's been one of the, the only things that hasn't changed since becoming a mom. So maybe stubbornly, and I'm realizing this again as I'm talking to you right now. Maybe my stubbornness with leaving the city comes from a, like a little leftover rebellion from all the things that came, all the changes that came with motherhood. It's like I'm trying to hold on to that one last thing. Like you can't make me let out. <laughs> I don't know, like maybe somehow living in the city became part of my identity. And so right now I'm like trying to hold on to that one last piece of myself, that piece that was just mine before I became a mom. I think I just got to the core of this dilemma, actually, <laughs> as I was talking through this. I think I just need to journal more about this and then I'll get back to you. Maybe I'll do a follow-up episode in a month and see where my head's at and see where we're living at that point. But anyways, yeah, I guess I wanted to, um, sometimes I feel kind of silly sharing these personal shares of random things, but, you know, I believe that there's real power and insight in exploring the confusing and difficult parts of our lives, especially right now. And although I shared that, you know, it's, um, it's been really hard getting clear on priorities during this time. Um, I think that through practice, through moments like this, where you, we allow ourselves space to reflect, to write, to talk to ourselves, <laughs> talk to a friend, you know, it, it helps, it can help to create that clarity too. And truthfully, you know, Stephen and I talk about this topic Uh, you know whether we stay or, or leave and live somewhere else all the time so there's there's clearly something there for both of us and I'm just not sure what yet and to any other families or parents or mamas out there listening and if you're doing the same thing you're going through this tough time in a small space or just even in a city away from family like in case uh, you're feeling a little tug on the heartstrings, or having a hard time making difficult changes and, and choices, I feel you, girl. I feel you. You are not alone. Uh, I just want to send everybody listening just some some good vibes as we uh, as a school year just started. As uh, I don't know, as life is still weird, and uh, sending you some some good vibes in case you're currently going through some difficult decisions about life and I hope you have a wonderful weekend again thanks for listening in and I look forward to connecting with you again next Friday have a wonderful day